0: Welcome, everyone, to the fifth episode of POV Crypto. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing?
1: Hey, how's it going, David? Man, I cannot believe we made it to episode five. If you guys have never recorded a podcast before, highly recommend it. Um, It's a lot harder than it looks, but once you get it going... It's definitely
0: harder than it looks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of of things you got to think about.
0: (laughs) I thought that my computer tech savviness would carry me through, but it did not do so. But, you know, we've made it through the hard spots, and things are, are getting off and running. So we're, we're excited for the future of this podcast. If you haven't, please like, share, and review this podcast. We need those reviews to get us up and running. Um, we believe that this will be our first episode uh, on the iTunes tr- um, store. So it's really important that we get that off to a bank. So please help us.
1: Hell yeah, David. So wait, what's today's date? Today is uh, the 25th? Yep, September. 25th
0: of September. Coming into the last quarter of
1: 2018 soon. Man, Q3, what a doozy. What a doozy. Yeah,
0: I mean, 2018, what a doozy. At my, I think on the first of the year, uh, my Facebook status was 2018, the year of the blockchain. Um. I wouldn't say that was necessarily true, at least not so far. Uh, while cryptocurrency is definitely becoming more robust, it really hasn't uh, it hasn't really gotten any more adopted than it has at the beginning of the year. So you know, we'll we'll just punt on that one.
1: Yeah, you know, while uh, I guess sentiment and interest are definitely down, I think that overall fundamentals are up, and the builders are building. It's kind of, we've been talking about this for a while, but, um, you know, the people that work in the space like us, we're still grinding and, you know, it's definitely not as easy as it was, uh, you know, even six months ago, but, um, a lot of potential here and, and, and a lot of building and a lot of prep for the next bull run when that happens.
0: Absolutely. I think we can, we can definitely say that the dust continues to settle from all the excitement from 2017, um, We've seen a lot of high-profile uh, funds, high-profile developments, a lot of high-profile people come into the space, um, really stir up the pot, throw a lot of capital in the space, start, start a team, start a fund, uh, and then these things grow. And then other the, inside the fund, things shake up a little bit and other people splinter off. For example, um, the multi-coin Capital Boys had their first employee um, decide to leave and become an EOS block producer um, and, and other, other things of that nature where people are, you know, getting their foot in the door and then they decide they, if I can figure out a way to produce their own value for, for the system um, and build something uh, with uh, being their own little entrepreneur. So we, we've seen a lot of that in 2018, and I think that's just kind of – kind of what is needed people are finding their niche people are figuring out how they can help in the most effective ways possible and i think that's what 2018 all was about is uh smart effective people learning how to help the system the most um so the dust settles and as these people find their niching and get to work i think that's when we can really start to see some cool things being built
1: yeah yeah absolutely and um i guess just to kind of piggyback on that i kind of want to hear more about this eos or the this multi-coin guy that left it was uh one of the big one of the big pundits on twitter or was it just some dude that worked there
0: and how did it was it was the uh so he's i mean the funds to do what to go be an eos block producer yeah uh so he's he's not an eos block producer yet i i believe he's just uh producing his candidacy for it um so he his value proposition is that eos uh, voting percentage is still pretty low a lot of funds that have eos tokens haven't voted yet and so he's been in conversations with those people um to talk about you know hey why why haven't you guys voted yet what's stopping you like what infrastructure needs to be built to make that happen Uh, And then the idea is that uh, he will be able to help produce the uh, necessary infrastructure to increase voting percentage, which really works out for him because, you know, EOS voting percentage is a little bit over 20 percent right now. Well, if one block producer can bring the voting percentage from like 20 percent to 25 percent or maybe even 30 percent, who do you think those block producers are going to vote for? it's going to be the guy that produced the infrastructure. Um, so it's called Aurora EOS is the uh, the block producer candidate that he's formulating. Uh, he was just on a on a podcast not too long ago. Um, uh, what's it called? I'm going to pull it up while I talk about it. Um, Venture Stories. Uh, and he produced a, a podcast called The Bull Case for EOS. Um, you know, kind of the same narrative. If you've heard it once, you've heard it before. You know, scaling solutions. uh Consumer um, user experience, uh, feeless transactions, et cetera, et cetera, and then the decentralization debate. So nothing really too new on the front. If you if you've already heard it before, um, but I mean, if he can make it easier for EOS to operate as a DAO, then maybe he deserves a few a few percentage of votes.
1: Interesting. Um, I don't know any bullish case for EOS other than being the opposite of Bitcoin, but. I guess I'll leave that up to the multi coin boys.
0: Yeah, the multi coin boys are definitely very bullish on EOS. Um, I believe in the decentralized enough narrative. Um, I think people are really, really, uh, I think people are overly bullish on it because they think that it's going to be able to take all of Ethereum's functionality. Um, I really think that EOS is going to be great for things like decentralized Twitter and like decentralized card games and stuff like that. Um, but even that, I'm not totally convinced on because we just saw, uh, we actually just saw Funfair go live on Ethereum, which I played on a little bit today, and that that's an online casino which has basically instant finality with the operations that you choose, uh, and it's it's almost like it is like there's not even a blockchain behind it, uh, and so if more apps can come online of Funfair's quality uh it really kind of throws a uh, a wrench in EOS's uh plans just because it's got it's got the the user experience uh issue just pretty well knocked. Uh so so we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that like I'm I'm definitely no eth bull, but um I was talking to one of the guys in our um just like our chat group, crypt chat. Um, and he was telling me how he thinks Ethereum is dead, and I don't think it's going to go that easy. Like, it's kind of has similar qualities, at least, to Bitcoin, um, that's going to give it some staying power. Um, So I don't think that something with just new features and better technology is going to all of a sudden, you know, race to the top, and everyone's going to come to their senses, and they're going to adopt this thing immediately. I just don't think that's how the world works. Um, And there's a lot of factors. So, um, you know, I don't see Ethereum going away anytime soon,
0: even though I don't necessarily think that ETH is a good investment. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting future um, based off of what ETH, Ethereum really gets used for. Right now, it seems like it's going to be the asset issuance platform for things, Uh, security tokens, uh, uh, tokenized real estate, et cetera, et cetera. I think that alone is is pretty valuable um if that and and i think the decentralized nature of ethereum is really really uh necessary for that to happen because you wouldn't want to issue a deed to your house or something on eos because of the relatively centralized control of the 21 block producers Um, but you could feel generally pretty safe of of you know putting a deed to uh, your house on ethereum because of how decentralized it is and i think if ethereum continues down this path of being the asset issuance platform it could be pretty valuable
1: Yeah, I'm not super versed on the technicals of Ethereum, but um, in general, I would be of the school of thought that, uh, well, first and foremost, I see the trend of asset issuance on Ethereum, and I think it's interesting. Um, Again, I don't know if that necessarily makes ETH a good investment, but I, I, I think it's interesting that this blockchain... Exists, and at least you know currently is creating enough incentives for people to uh, to now you know issue dollar back tokens and stuff like that on it um, pretty regularly and easily, Um, and you know that's kind of a pretty easy stepping stone to you know other real life assets represented on a blockchain in a token. Um, I I don't think that Ethereum is very far away from. Making that like a pretty real, real thing that is interacting with our financial system right now.
0: Yeah, totally. We've definitely seen the fundamentals of that start to develop with the Gemini dollar, um, and then also I'm I'm I think the Dai stablecoin is a pretty valuable asset. We'll talk about the Dai later. Um, as far as the ETH price, it's been it's been holding the two hundred dollar mark pretty well. It dipped all the way down to to one seventy, popped back up to two fifty, which was a pump that maybe was triggered by Ripple of all things. Um, the Ripple, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this Ripple event swell happened not too long ago, and the Ripple price uh, pumped accordingly, uh, which I think is uh, you know pretty true to the nature of xrp buyers and investors just like oh ripple news let's buy it you know there there's a ripple conference it's gonna pump and you know absolutely no change in fundamentals but the conference happens and the ripple decides to pump for some reason
1: yeah i'm from what i can tell um the ripple army is not going anywhere um that sucks but at the same time You know, I feel like it's reality, you know? We live in this world where there's this XRP thing that has this kind of cult following, and cult followings don't go away anytime soon. So, use that information to uh, whatever you want to use it with. Uh, I think that there's a lot of opportunity with XRP, given uh, our knowledge of what their community is like. Um, Yeah.
0: So, Jeb McCaleb apparently has been selling a ton of his XRP on this last pump. Did you read those articles?
1: I did read those articles on BitcoinMagazine.com.
0: Oh, weird. (laughs) Nice plug. Um, Yeah, so Jeb McCaleb is one of the early founders of the XRP platform, uh, and he uh, kind of had an argument with the direction of XRP, and so he bailed from the project to create Stellar, which... Operates both operate very very similarly. They are very high velocity substrate uh, currencies that are supposed to go between entities to be a currency exchange. Um, and so, number uh, Ripple is number three in market cap, and Stellar is number six. So pretty high profile uh, projects. Uh, and then apparently Jed McCaleb has like a limit on how fast he can sell these things, and he's like pushing up on that limit uh, with this latest uh, this latest pump in the Ripple price. Um, so that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, the, he's the largest holder of XRP uh, tokens that I, I think anyone knows about. I think he is the largest. Um, yeah, you know, just, just data, good data to have.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's really funny. and have McCaleb's story and him being at Stellar now. Um, he's definitely one of the most opportunistic um, and, I guess, timely individuals in crypto. Um, mount gox ripple now stellar um definitely has a lot of money now um so good for him good for him the man has has his fingerprints all over this space it's un- kind of unreal um what yeah what he has had like what huge often negative things he has uh, had his fingers on um, but I definitely have respect for the guy to some degree. Um, he definitely knows how to position himself in this space well. Um, he knows how to uh, you know create partnerships with IBM and stuff.
0: Certainly, certainly. Well, xrp and seller don't really interest me so i'm ready to move on (laughs) are we ready to move on
1: yeah uh and uh, you kind of had a good segue and then you backtracked it back to the market but um you you mentioned uh maker
0: yeah maker doubt uh so andreessen horowitz his his fund it's a fund right
1: yeah a16z is one of the most famous uh vc funds
0: uh, put a bunch of money into buying the MKR token, uh, and so what the MKR token is fifteen mil, uh, and actually fifteen million dollars into MKR, uh, the MKR token, which uh, is six percent of the total token supply. So Andreessen Horowitz owns six percent of the governance behind the MakerDAO system. Uh, so if you don't know, the MakerDAO system is the dual coin token model behind the Dai stablecoin. And so basically, in short, uh, you can use the MakerDAO system, take your Ether to it, submit it into a smart contract, and the smart contract will take um, a lesser amount of U.S. dollars for how much Ether you stake. So if you staked like $500 of Ether, you can get uh, 250 DAI, which would be $250 equivalent. Uh, And then the velocity uh, that is taken is taken from the die and basically put into the mkr token through a clever use of smart contracts uh and so we have this stable coin produced where the increase in value of the system from general adoption of the die coin the die uh uh, token the 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 because die can be minted and so the market cap for die can grow and grow and grow even though the value of the die is always one dollar the value gets put into the maker token uh and so you know, he's not buying DAI because he's not investing in the US dollar. That would be silly. Uh, he's buying the token that's supposed to increase in value based on the adoption of the DAI stablecoin. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. And so Maker is the only decentralized stablecoin, uh, except for BitShares, which is one of Dan Larimer's projects. Uh, not BitShares, but uh, uh, BitUSD. Uh, Is one of Dan Larimer's project that was relatively decentralized, but it can be kind of volatile plus or minus 5% Um, So Dai is kind of like the first big Decentralized stable coins. Um, There are a lot of other stable coins out there like tether or now Gemini dollar But those are a different model of asset backed, uh, you know, one for one dollar backed collateral So this is a, a very different system yeah, where like the val- the value accrual uh, happens in a decentralized manner than a ce- rather than a centralized manner. Hmm.
1: And actually, inside the article, we're gonna link it in the show notes. But A16Z um, posted, you know, a blog post about making this decision and the fifteen million dollar investment into Maker, um, and they actually talked about the three different kinds of stable stablecoins. Um, so one is you know, is uh, USD-backed or it's asset-backed, so it could be gold-backed stablecoin where it's backed with real-world asset, Um, but that's centralized. Uh, One type of stablecoin is like um, game um, theory-backed, so um, it inflates and deflates the amount uh, based on um, kind of how people are using it, Um, and it's like algorithmically trying to stay stable. Um, and the last one is um, what Maker is, which is a cryptocurrency-backed um, stablecoin. So it's backed by Ether. And it sounds like they're about to roll out multi, um, multi-asset multi collater- uh, collateral, including Gemini USD, which could be very interesting. Because then, theoretically, Maker could be directly, potentially, partially, directly backed by USD if uh, people are collateralizing um, Gemini USD. R-G-U-S-T.
0: Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Read the article. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, definitely. To to go into more detail about the game theory backed token, uh, that one's actually pretty interesting. Uh, that's that's uh, the first actual stablecoin model that uh, I learned about in this space. And it's, uh, it's an algorithm that promises to keep the value of uh, the token at $1 by uh, either minting or burning the token. Uh, and so if the token supply or if the token value goes down to 95 cents, it will burn a, a pro rata share of, of everyone's tokens to in to decrease the supply and return the token value to one dollar. Likewise, if the dola- if the token value goes above, it'll it'll mint more and put everyone give everyone more tokens. Um, and so it, uh, historically speaking, this has proved to not be terribly stable. Uh, Just because it's not there's no immediate demand for it to be one dollar. But what does happen is people can speculate on it because they they when they see it drop to 97 cents, they can buy it uh, based on the assumption that the smart contract will be minting more tokens to return or to burning more tokens. Uh, in order to increase the value back to one dollar and that's where the game theory component comes in and so that second layer of uh, market dynamics really peg the thing to one dollar we haven't really seen one of these examples yet is I think it's more in theory um, because we've only seen this first two but as a speculator or a trader it would be uh, a very simple thing to speculate on or trade on because you know the more and more you see it trying to uh, go away from a dollar the more incentive you have to to buy and return that state with that value back to one dollar
1: yeah i mean i'll buy it when i see it uh maker <laughs> maker is existing now it's held die has held a dollar so far i mean there could be zero days but at, right now it's working um and then the backed one the collateral backed ones you know we put trust in that third party so um, you know, it's not trustless. So I think that's pretty clear. I think all those things are just good for Bitcoin. So I'm not mad about it. Um, I don't know, uh, investing in maker, interesting move. I mean, it seems like a 16 C has been very much on the Ethereum, um, tokenized things, um, route versus the like Austrian view of economics of like one type of money route. So uh, I'm not surprised by this. Um, it's pretty interesting. Fifteen mil is like a decent, like Series B investment into uh, into a startup. So um, kind of interesting to see like venture capital investments like this, like treating it like they're investing in a startup or something like that. But it's also equity. I don't know. It's I don't it's weird. It's 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 like a new paradigm. Like we haven't seen people like you know. <laughs> announced things like this before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we could definitely agree that the it's the decentralized uh value that Andreessen Horowitz saw in the MakerDAO system. Uh he they're not investing into Gemini or into stable stable coins that are US dollar backed. He they're investing in a decentralized altern- alternative based on the fact that the DAI will be adopted because of the decentralized um prospect of it. Uh, and I think we can see uh, other uh, Ethereum-based teams use DAI over other stable coins on the Ethereum ecosystem. For example, the Spank chain team, they, when they sold off um, their Ether, they sold it into DAI rather than to to US dollar in order to uh, retain the value and, and remove spe- speculation from Ether. Uh, and so we can see some so- sort of uh, internal uh ethereum believers uh stick to the decentralized narrative um and and liquidate their holdings into dai rather than to dollars which which you know i think good for props for them keeping it decentralized keeping it crypto
1: yeah i mean i'm glad that there's crypto alternatives at work that um you know are not blowing up right now so uh, i'm happy to see it all the experiment continue um what was I thinking about? Oh no, I was thinking about. So, what do you think is coming next to Coinbase? Like Coinbase has been hinting, like about you know adding a bunch of altcoins um, to their platform. Like I, they couldn't be hinting at it more. You know they've like literally said it a bunch of like fifteen times, um, but they haven't done anything yet other than add Ethereum Classic um so do you think what's happening next is bat is a maker do you think it even matters
0: um that's a good question it really has got to be a legal thing uh they all have to be uh each token has to be kind of vetted based off of certain criteria like they need to make sure that there's not you know a large whale ownership of these tokens they need to me meet, meet, make sure that the token uh, dis- distribution is pretty fair so no one can dump the market i know that's that's one thing that is uh, potentially blocking the the bitcoin etf is they are worried that a, f- a few large token uh, bitcoin holders can can really move the markets and they they don't want to risk uh, average uh, investors from having to be a victim of that and so i'm sure coinbase is looking into something like that Um, basic attention token to me seems really compelling just because the, the value prop of basic attention token is so easy to explain, especially to young millennials. Uh, you know, you can, you can say like, Hey, don't have to watch ads anymore, but if you do watch ads, they have to pay you money. Uh, you know, keep your data private, et cetera, et cetera. Right after like the Facebook Cambridge issues and the Equifax issue, I think it's such an easy value prop. That being said, uh, I, th- I hope that Coinbase also finds a way for people to learn about how tokens capture value because I think, Christian, you and I would agree that the basic attention token is is likely to not capture value very well in comparison to other tokens, uh, and I, d- I don't want people to be fooled by that.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and Coinbase and pretty much all other Alternatives to Coinbase don't do a good job of doing any sort of education. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, Robinhood doesn't like. <laughs> they just give people exposure to crazy weed stocks and like penny stocks, and and they even create like a troll box inside the crypto of Dogecoin. Like honestly, sometimes I like get good finds on like weed stocks that moon because I just troll the Do- the Dogecoin um, comment box and see what like people are like talking about and then I look up I look up the stock. It's kind of funny. but like none of these none of these companies care. like they don't they're not trying to be good fiduciary, you know they're, they're not trying to be good fiduciaries. Yeah, exactly. they're trying to get you to trade. And like Coinbase is clearly adding these tokens because they want to give you something else to speculate on um i don't think it's anything else um they're looking at binance and wa- mouthwatering they're looking at BitMex and watering. when when leverage coinbase <laughs> yeah when leverage oh gosh i i don't think they'll ever leverage coinbase pro leverage i don't know kraken has leverage oh yeah O-K yeah, 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 has yeah leverage.
0: No, not, not not on the app but on coinbase pro yeah that makes sense formerly known as GDAX. that makes a little more sense um 0x has been on their short list as well as zcash and i think zcash has a pretty pretty good value proposition because it's a uh, in theory it's supposed to be uh, adopted by large businesses who want to transact between each other but then also want to make certain transactions private in order to not reveal like industry secrets or partnerships Um so that that might be interesting Again, not too sure about its value capture uh, proposition, but that's that's a separate issue. Uh, but more stuff on Coinbase is good for the blockchain crypto ecosystem. Christian will say it's good for Bitcoin. Um, I, I think I think adding more and more tokens, more and more legitimate tokens onto Coinbase will just be good for for people to incentivize to for them to learn uh, what they're actually purchasing.
1: the all coin casino is pretty fun and makes coinbase lots of money
0: (laughs) yeah yes yes it does yes it does that is all i have to say (laughs) all right um, all right so the other big news is this bitcoin bug which uh i know a little bit about but i think you know a little bit more christian you want to take us down that road okay uh first and foremost i'm
1: not a developer and i'm not that intelligent so please don't Take what I my explanation as truth. Please do your own research. Don't spread fud. Um, but Ray Dalio would be proud. Yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, so apparently there was a very severe bug revealed to the Bitcoin ABC team. Um, like I think what is the last Bitcoin week, ABC team that is the team behind the main implementation of bitcoin cash as we know it um so yes it was revealed to them they went to the core developers um several of the main ones i'm not going to name them um those core developers immediately connected with a mining pool that they're friendly with which was slush pool Um, and then they started to figure out a patch and how to administer a patch to the entire mining pool. So they did that before, um, you know, essentially to ensure that an entire mining pool was safe, um, before they, you know, created a press release and told everyone to upgrade their nodes and stuff like that. Um, the bug what was installed on Bitcoin before, um, Bitcoin, before Bitcoin cash forked, So Bitcoin cash also had it and Litecoin also had it. But essentially, the bug was a uh, inflation bug. So if the miner um, did a, like used, sent a specific amount of Bitcoin um, out of, or got a specific amount of, got the block and did something very specific with the block, again, don't quote me here, um, they could double spend that freshly minted uh, block reward. Um, and when they double spent it, it would crash whatever node try to proliferate the the transaction. So theoretically, every node that had um, this bug in it, so it was like three different updates had the bug in it before it was discovered. Every node that was on those three updates um, would have crashed, right? So it was never going to destroy the network. It was never gonna introduce um, tokens that were um, in like not part of the regular minting schedule, um, but it would have crashed a lot of nodes um, theoretically, and would have potentially, um, you know, very severely damaged the network. Um, it was caught, and you know, it was sur- we survived. Um, but it was a very interesting learning came out of it, and a lot of people are shook for sure. But the price has not changed at all, so. <laughs> that's been pretty
0: consistent yeah, that's,
1: price does not that's care that's pretty about. goddamn
0: insane <laughs> yeah that we can find such a such a critical bug so to recap if one block had a very specific amount of bitcoins do you know like was it down to the eighth decimal amount of specific speci- uh, oh, specificity it, i don't think it it's sp- like
1: that i think it was um the this exactly the block reward amount um so 13 point something um, if they and again I please do your own research um, but in this very specific set of circumstances um, could have double spent and crashed uh, double spent you know theoretically those bitcoins and crashed um, full nodes that try to handle the transaction
0: the odds of getting uh, the exact amount of Bitcoin as a uh, as, in, inside the block as a block reward is like incredibly low so that's a good thing no comment on any of those details but
1: it happened okay yeah
0: <laughs> yeah wow that's insane hopefully that that's the last major bug i can't imagine that that bodes well for the uh bitcoin etf that's currently being decided upon because that uh if that if if it's being hyped up as like a sec- huge security issue, that's not. I don't think, I don't trust the people at the SEC to uh, really understand that. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Hopefully, that's the last one we ever find.
1: I doubt it will be. Odds are, it won't be. Um, here's something to note, and uh, one of my favorite commentators, Ansel Lindner, on his great podcast, Bitcoin Markets. Um, kind of went through, walked through um, the play-by-play of how they patched this bug, and he points out like how very like professional this is. Like this is like you know the scene um, from the movie uh, where the dude gets stuck on Mars. What's that movie called? Mar- the Martian, or the book slash the mar? You know how they save him? Like this is that is what is happening um, amongst the core developers. Like when they hear this news, like they scrambled like that, you know? Um, this is, like, a world-class development team that patched this thing, like, has a circle of trust, made, you know, when they needed to, were able to make changes that, you know, in mission-critical times that all got consensus. Um, so uh, I think it was also an interesting stress test um, to just show us how competent these developers are. Um, you know, whereas, obviously, there's, like, you know, a lot of fud about how bad the developers are, like these bugs are, you know, we're human, like these developers are human. They're in all of the blockchains, there's these bugs. Um, And Bitcoin is the most scrutinized. So um, lucky that it didn't, you know, harm the network greatly in the space greatly. i mean if you think about it the sooner the better right yeah i guess so i guess that's true <laughs> the longer we wait for the bugs the the worse the consequences
0: yeah before it crashes the whole entire global finance system yep in, in 30 years theoretically theoretically well all right well we'll see more aftermath come out and maybe we'll we'll touch on that in future episodes is uh more of a an autopsy Gets uh, gets released about the uh, internal dealings. Maybe maybe it will lead to further discoveries of potential bugs um, that we didn't know about. Um, And again, we can solve those sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, maybe this can help them figure out different ways to look at testing testing the code. So hopefully, there's some major learnings. Um, What don't kill you make you stronger. So. Um, thankfully this is a case of what
0: didn't kill bitcoin this time yeah also interesting to see the immediate uh breakdown of the wall between bitcoin cash and bitcoin also also good to see that
1: yeah i mean it, i think the olive branch was made from bitcoin core to bitcoin cash um a few months ago um with the bitcoin core developer finding a um a emission you know a, a critical bug and and helping and helping them out um and then you know now happening on this side, um i think it's it's pretty good and, on, and honestly the i've been listening to some of the stuff that the lead developer of Bitcoin ABC um Nix on on Twitter um i'm i kind of res- i definitely respect the guy um you know i don't think bitcoin cash is a good investment but I definitely respect that guy. So um, I, it, this community, I think, rallies around what's best for everyone in the
0: end, because that's how the game theories work. Yes, very true. Plus, everyone needs Bitcoin right now, no matter no matter where your investments are. If you think that it's going to get better, if Bitcoin goes away, you're wrong, uh, in my opinion.
1: I I totally agree. It's It's
0: infrastructure yeah it's uh it's the great mother <laughs> sure the great mother of
1: all things, sure, maybe it's like one of those snakes where it eats all its kids though <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see about that, or it could be uh could be the uh the giant father in Greek history that produces a bunch of kids and then the kids eat them. It could could go the other way,
1: maybe there's always an analogy, mhm-,
0: yeah alright Christian I think that wraps it up for our topics am I missing anything or do you have anything more to talk about no I think I think this
1: is a pretty good episode uh, we, got, we had some hard hitting news guys we appreciate the feedback um, I feel like sometimes we're just talking to our, our uh, group chat um, but we appreciate you Nathan Chan for listening to our podcast um, follow POV Crypto Pod on Twitter follow me on Twitter at CK <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shout
0: out to uh, shout out to Jenny from the Basic Attention Token team for throwing some pre-sweet Basic Attention Token swag my way. I'm sorry I kind of talk shit about the value of your token. The value of your project is great. Brave is awesome, uh, and your swag is pretty sweet too. Cool. Well, David. Yeah. That was a good show, man. You can find me. You can find me at the trust uh, at trustless underscore state on both Twitter and Medium. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. Please leave us reviews. We need them. We need them greatly. That means you, Nathan. Yep, we are live on iTunes. Live on iTunes, guys. Let's go. Cool. All right. You See you next time. Bye. Bye.